In this episode of Pushing Pixels, we're going to take a look at a new feature that YouTube has just released that has the potential to fundamentally change how creators make content for the platform. Hey, I'm Michael Kinney. Welcome to Pushing Pixels, the vodcast that examines the ins and outs of creating, sharing, and growing with online video. And what we're talking about in this episode could have a huge impact on the way you create videos to grow your YouTube channel. So what am I talking about? Well, back in October 2021, YouTube, through their Creator Insider channel on YouTube, announced that they were working on an experiment that would help viewers quickly identify interesting moments in a video for both mobile and desktop. So the experiment was conducted with YouTube Premium members. The feature was officially released earlier this month on desktop, iOS and Android, so I guess the experiment was successful. So the feature is called Most Replayed Parts. It's essentially a heat map. It's a graph that appears when you hover over the play bar in the YouTube player on desktop or when you seek or scroll through a video on mobile. The graph shows a series of peaks, with the highest peak being the part of the video that has been replayed most often. The user can then scroll the playhead to that spot and play the video. So what is the purpose of this graph, this heat map? Well, according to TechCrunch, the new graph aims to make it possible for users to scrub through any YouTube video to quickly find the most interesting parts. In addition, the feature could help point users more to the useful parts of a tutorial video or to the segment that has the most action, like the most watched bit of footage from a gamer's video. A YouTube product manager on the Creator Insider YouTube channel said in a video that, quote, we found in our experiments that viewers loved this feature, with 85% of users liking the feature. I've used the feature uh, on a few videos, and I can't say for me personally that it's ad it added a lot to my experience watching the video, but we'll talk more about that later. But what about creators? How is this heat map going to affect content creators on the platform? Well, I think this minor improvement to the viewer experience may have a devastating effect on creators. And I'm not alone. Here are some uh, hot takes from Twitter after the announcement of this new feature was put out by YouTube. Surely, if we wanted people to skip to a 60-second segment, then we would just make a short? This is terrible for creators. It will promote more clickbait content. Between this feature and shorts, you guys are actively destroying the only thing that made YouTube valuable. And since you never listen to creators, you guys will find out only when it's too late. But the most interesting take for me is from Matt Koval, who is the former, I think, head of creator development at YouTube, who left the company only a few months ago. And he said, seems somewhat helpful for viewers, but is it helpful for creators? Or will this reduce watch time? Because the audience is tempted to jump right to the reveal slash climax of every video. And that's exactly what my concern was when I saw this announcement. What effect will this heat map, this... Uh, this graph that shows the most replayed parts of a video, what effect will that have on the watch time of a video? Because watch time is, in my opinion, the most important 
YouTube metric right after click-through rate. It's so important to the algorithm, not to mention that you need 4,000 hours of watch time in 12 consecutive months to get monetized. But in terms of the YouTube algorithm, watch time is huge. It influences so many things. It drives recommendation and discovery and ranking of the results, the YouTube uh, video results, to guide the viewer to what to watch next. Because what the algorithm does is it looks at how much watch time is on a video and it says, hey, if there's a lot of watch time, the viewer must be engaged in this video and we're keeping the viewer on the platform. So if it's keeping this viewer engaged, maybe it'll keep other viewers engaged on, and on the platform. So let's recommend this video to other people. So what that does is, of course, increase your reach and, of course, click-through rate. That's a whole other thing with YouTube, with uh, thumbnails and titles. But it will serve it more, theoretically. You'll have more reach on your video if your watch time is longer. So watch time is an important metric. And if this graph is reducing the watch time, um, that could be a problem because that could stunt the growth of your YouTube channel. You can imagine a scenario, if you sort of step through it, you can imagine a scenario where this heat map um, is on a video and the viewer jumps straight to the most replayed part of the video, skipping everything else. They play that section. Then it's a bit of a crapshoot whether they watch the rest of the video. At least that was my experience when I used the feature. I kind of... I didn't I hesitated to watch the rest of the video after I watched the most replayed part of the video according to this heat map, this graph. Because I know this this graph or this peak is only representing the most replayed part of a video, but for me psychologically it said, "Oh, this is the most interesting part of a video. Let's go there and watch it." And if you watch it and it's not as interesting as you thought it would be, it kind of influences whether or not you're going to watch the rest of the video. At least that's that's what happened with me. I could be the exception, but that's how I sort of approached this and how I felt after using this graph. So if you, you know, you take a 15-minute, 20-minute video using this graph, you could end up with only, I don't know, one to three minutes of watch time, depending on how motivated the viewer is to continue watching. That's worrisome for a content creator, putting in all that work to make that video. So the other question I had was, what will this graph have, what effect will this graph have on different content types on YouTube? So you know, vlogs versus tutorials versus gaming videos um, and so on and so forth. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I can sort of, after the experience of using this um, feature myself, I think it might have a different effect on different content types in terms of watch time. So if you're doing vlogs, for example, which in a lot of cases, you're, you're kind of watching the whole video in some cases, there is sort of a climax or that, you know, a sort of a, a, an exciting part of the video. If you structure your vlog, you're telling a story, you'll have a climax. But in some cases, you don't. It's kind of you're just watching it and, you know, having experiencing the personality of the person 
doing the vlog, how will this uh, graph affect that type of video? It's hard to say. I think for dedicated viewers uh, of, a, of a vlogger, I don't, I don't think it'll have a ton of impact because they're there, they're dedicated to that creator and they want to watch that creator. I think it would have more of an impact on new viewers who don't know the creator and it may influence how much of a chance new viewers give to the, to the vlogger to watch the content and stay engaged. Maybe, I don't know, I'm just speculating. So uh, vlogs, there, might, there may be an issue. Uh, tutorials, there's another one. Now, I thought to myself, will this have a really big impact on tutorials? Because people are motivated to watch and learn something. And I thought, well, maybe it won't be such a big deal. But then I thought to myself, what is the most watched part or replayed part of a tutorial? And generally, it's not you know the most exciting part or the big reveal or anything like that. It's actually the part that's the most confusing because people are going to watch over and over to sort of they can understand what's going on in that section. So if you're somebody new coming to a tutorial and you watch, you first watch the most replayed part of the video, it could be a very confusing part and you could be intimidated and think to yourself, well, oh, this seems very intimidating. Maybe I'll find another video <laughs> that isn't so intimidating or confusing. That could happen. And you don't watch the rest of the tutorial. Um, so I don't know how this is going to play out. Um, gaming videos, may, I, I watched a gaming video with the graph and I went to the most replayed part thinking, oh, this is probably the most exciting part, <laughs> the most action. And it really wasn't. I, I couldn't tell why it was the most replayed uh, part of the video, actually. I didn't know why. Um, so I'm not quite sure um, how what effect it'll have on those types of videos. The one type of video, though, it did have an effect for me was the the listicle video. So, you know, when you're listing five different ways to do this, six mistakes, this, five, you know, those kinds of videos with lists. And I found for myself, again, I'm just referencing myself using this feature. This is by no means a scientific uh, study. <laughs> this is my own sort of perspective. But I found that when I went to the most uh, played, most replayed part of those types of videos, it ended up being near the end of the video, typically. And it was one of the, the list of things. And generally, it was the most impactful uh, uh, item of the list. And when I watched it, and I looked back at the rest of the video sort of before it, and I saw these lower peaks, I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't as motivated to watch the rest of those, the video. And I think this is the psychological thing of of this graph. I think it psychologically says this is the most interesting part of the video. Uh, no need to, uh, <laughs> to watch further. Uh, that's for me psychologically uh, what was going on. The other thing, I, the thing that really concerned me is how is this, this graph going to affect structure, like story structure, how you uh, structure your video. You know, storytelling is linear. You're building up to a climax and everything that comes before is kind of important for, for the viewer to appreciate the climax or the reveal. So if people are jumping around in your story, what impact will that have on how impactful your story is? I'm not quite sure. 
I'm not quite sure. I guess we'll see as this feature is used and is, is around for a while. This whole issue of watch time is not lost on YouTube. <laughs> they they realized this because they heard from creators and they acknowledged uh, that this was a concern. And they said in a video on the Creator Insider channel, quote, we heard concerns from creators that this feature would decrease watch time or negatively impact some content types. The good news is that in our experiment, we found that there's no statistically significant impact to watch time from showing these graphs. And we did not find any impact on watch time to particular content types. So it's all good, nothing to see here, just move along. <laughs> so why though is YouTube doing this? I mean, they say that doesn't have any significant impact on, on watch time. I, as a viewer, didn't find any significant improvement on my viewer experience using this feature. So why is YouTube doing this? Well, YouTube's goal, if you don't know already, is to keep people on the platform, to increase viewer retention on the platform. Unfortunately, I can I kind of see that they're going to try and do that at the expense of creators' watch time and creator growth. I could be wrong, but I can't. This is what I see. So when I look at this feature and I, I look at how it works, it strikes me that what YouTube is trying to do is to automatically, for lack of a better word, shortify, shortify uploaded videos to try and apply, to try and identify a part of the video that, you know, that 60 seconds, maybe a minute and a half of a video that the viewer will be interested in watching. And if they watch the rest of it, as long as they go to another video and watch 60 seconds on that video. Does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> Sounds a lot like YouTube Shorts. Sounds a lot like TikTok. And I think that's part of what's going on here. I think TikTok is a big influence on this feature. Now, I know they've been working on this feature YouTube since October 2021. But I think TikTok is a big part of this, a big influence. Because to me, TikTok is fundamentally changing, dare I say, disrupting the online video ecosystem. It's just it's just turning everything on its head and everyone else is having to react. And I think that this this heat map, this most replayed parts graph is a kind of an answer or a reaction to TikTok and its building influence in online video. Because uh, TikTok has been making some moves that are that are directly I think competing with YouTube. TikTok recently went to 10 minute uploads as a duration. To me that said, okay, they're trying to expand the content because they're going for ads. They wanna be able to place ads. And they wanna also attract, with that 10 minute upload, they wanna attract more creators with different types of content that could be compelling in a long, you know, in a longer form uh, sort of format. Journalists, I, I think you're gonna see more uh, people who are creating learning content, tutorials, that kind of thing, going over to TikTok. And I think YouTube is trying to fight that, that sort of exodus, not of 
not of just creators, perhaps, but also viewers. TikTok also recently announced, and I think this was the big, everyone knew this was coming, the 50-50 revenue, ad revenue split with creators on the platform. So they're really coming, they're really coming for YouTube's ad revenue. And another factor, I think, in the release of this uh, heat map has to do with YouTube shorts, because in a recent uh, reporting, YouTube reported that YouTube shorts were bleeding eyeballs, views, and by connection, ad revenue from uploads. So views were moving from uploads to shorts. And because shorts at the time, at the time of the reporting, weren't being monetized with ads, they just had a creator fund, that was actually taking ad revenue away from the uploads or potential ad revenue from the uploads. So I think YouTube, seeing how shorts are now sort of performing and becoming more of a significant format on the platform and this whole idea of short form, quick hit uh, content is trying to find a way to cover all its bases and, and thinking, hey, how can I do, how can we do this with the uploads? How can we give people or viewers the option of just watching a, a small part, hopefully the most uh, interesting part of a video of an upload. They already introduced clips where you can clip a part of a, an, upload, an uploaded video and share that. So I think this is just another sort of layer of trying to sort of optimize uploaded videos for you know the short form uh, attention spans of viewers because of, of platforms like TikTok and Instagram Reels. So welcome to the short form video arms race. So I know YouTube has said from their experiments and their study that this feature, this heat map, this most replayed uh, parts graph does not have a significant impact on watch time. But I just, I just find that difficult to believe just as a viewer <laughs> through a viewer experience, not, not as a creator, but just as a viewer. And as a creator, it's really important that you're able to switch those hats between viewer and creator and, and sort of be honest about you know, what's going on with your content. And I just can't see how this would not have an effect. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But what if I am not wrong? What if this does have a significant impact on watch time? What if this does reduce watch time on your videos? What are you going to do? How motivated are you going to be to spend the time and effort to craft a 10, 15, 20 minute, 30 minute video when YouTube is subtly directing viewers to only watch, I don't know, a minute of it. How's that gonna make you feel? How motivated are you gonna be to put in that effort, right? So your current investment potentially could be giving you less return. So that is not a great thing for creators. We're, we're out here hustling as it is for watch time for clicks. And now it seems like there's another another thing that we're going to have to try and overcome. Again, I hope I'm wrong. But this kind of thing where people are going to have to almost work harder to get less return is a recipe for burnout. And I think if this comes to pass, if this, if, if this feature does reduce watch time, that more and more creators 
are going to be burning out because they're going to have to work harder in order to get the same watch time or make up lost watch time. You know, I hope YouTube's experiment is correct. I hope there is no statistically significant impact on watch time. But if there is a drop in watch time from this heat map feature, how will you as a creator adjust? How do creators optimize their uploaded videos for this new heat map? Is there a way to? Well, I put out a tweet when this announcement was made, um, just sort of predicting what content creators might do uh, to address the potential loss in watch time from this new heat map feature. And so my tweet kind of has six six points or six sort of uh, actions that creators might take in, to address uh, this new feature. So I'll just go through these six real quickly. So the first one I think was going to happen from my prediction is uh, creators are going to start making shorter uploads, right? Shorter uploads generally take less time and effort to make. And if you're already going to get reduced watch time, you probably want to reduce the amount of work that you're going to make that you're going to put in to the production or the creation of your videos. I, I can see creators doing that, uh, making shorter uploads. I think also connected to that, you're going to see more frequent uploads. So shorter videos and more of them because you still need to recoup that lost watch time. So it might be easier to make two or three shorter videos per week than one 20, 30-minute video, depending on the type of video it is. But if you're making a sort of produced, edited video, lots of cuts, lots of effects that's 20 minutes long, that is a lot of work. And so you may see people sort of look at making shorter, shorter produced videos rather than those long ones. I think you're going to see more clickbaity titles and thumbnails, uh, more so than you see now, because again, people are going to need to get eyeballs on their videos to get watch time. I think you're going to see more shorts content for a number of reasons. One, it's, it's, relatively easier to make shorts, to create YouTube shorts, and YouTube has announced they're going to start running ads on shorts. Um, and I would presume it's the short shelf that they're going to be on, on mobile that they'll be running ads on. So that's more of incentive for creators to be creating shorts. And so you'll see more of that, I think. Now, I don't, I don't think this is the end of long-form content. Um, I don't think it's the end of that, though it may scale back long-form, highly produced, edited content. And what you'll probably see is creators making more what I call passive long-form content. So things like uh, live streams that require less production time and effort. Other things like vodcasts. And the, the thing about that is uh, these types of... Uh, uh, videos, live streams, and vodcasts is they generally take less production um, time than an edited video. So, you know, an hour live stream versus an hour heavily edited produced video, I there'd be a big difference. Um, less production time with live streaming because with live streaming, you kind of just go live for an hour or half hour or whatever 
And then when you hit finish, you're done. You're done. There's no post-production. I mean, you could edit the recording if you wanted to, but you don't have to. And you're done. So there's not a ton of production time that goes in. Same with vodcasts. And the other thing about live streams and vodcasts that, that's important in this whole scheme of long-form content versus short-form content is that they can be kind of played in the background, like podcasts, right? You don't have to be generally, you know, focused in on a vodcast watching the screen or even sometimes a live stream. It's something that you can sort of put on on the side or in the background and carry on doing what you want. What that means is there's more of a chance that people will watch more of your live stream or your vodcast will consume your content. You'll get more watch time on those types of videos because they're kind of, they're passive. They're in the background. It's a kind of a crazy strategy to think that you're making content to be in the background. But I think this is something that you're going to see creators, uh, more creators moving toward. And I think in terms of uh, tutorials, long produced, um, heavily produced tutorials that are like, you know, 20, 30 minutes, I think you're going to see more content creators taking those types of videos and putting them behind a paywall, putting them in a membership area or something like that, just to recoup in some form the effort that they put in to creating those videos. But I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope this, I hope this feature does not impact watch time. But if it does, as a content creator, you know, uh, making hay on somebody else's platform, you don't own the land, things can change. You need to be ready to adjust your strategy when things do change. But what do you think? What do you think of this heat map feature? Do you think it will hurt creators or it'll have no effect and I'm just going on about nothing? Personally, I think they should leave this feature on YouTube Premium. I think it's a great added feature for subscribers and just leave it off of the rest of YouTube. But that's my thought. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of Pushing Pixels. Be sure to check out the video version of the podcast on YouTube. Link in the show notes. And while you're there, hit that like button and be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I hope this episode brought you some value. And if it did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you have topic ideas for future episodes, please drop them in the comments or on our social media channels. Those links are also in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.